Those are the dulcet tones of Herb Alpern, the Tijuana Brass. I'm Carson Sestouli, and this is Fangraphs Audio. My guest on the show today is Eno Saris. Eno, of course, is distinguished among his Fangraphs colleagues for being the one writer to contribute to each of Fangraph's major sites, not only the main page, but also rotographs and not graphs. In what follows, we utilize Eno's entire skill set as we, for example, uh, seek clarification on the Bill Smith-slash-Terry Ryan situation in Minnesota, inquire about Lorenzo Cain not only as an actual center fielder for the Kansas City Royals, but also as a fantasy possibility and what probably represents a slightly more irreverent churn, Eno and I discuss our co-alma mater, a school whose motto, dare to be true, Eno and I are constantly always a bang. A couple of housekeeping notes. If the listener has noticed a certain uh, baritone luster to my voice, it's because I've received the microphone about which I've spoken in the last couple of podcast episodes. You're welcome is my response to the many thank yous cascading out of your respective mouths. Additionally, I'll invite anyone uh, and everyone who has a question for a podcast guest to submit said question uh, to at on Twitter. Uh, there's a possibility we'll get an email address together. That does involve disturbing uh, the dark overlord of Fangraph's David Appleman. There's always a fraught experience. Uh, finally, if you find yourself with uh, 10 or so extra seconds, perhaps consider giving the podcast uh, some sort of ace rating or five-star rating on iTunes. I don't know precisely what that does, but I do think that it somehow helps me make more money. With all that junk out of the way, though, uh, please do enjoy this conversation with Eno Saris. area below San Francisco is called? The Peninsula. Right, that's where you're calling us from, or that's where you are at right now. That's where I'm calling from, yes. Yeah. Uh, things going well there? Everyone healthy and attractive? Uh, yes, yes. My wife is uh, now about uh, five months pregnant. Oh, God, do you know who the father is? <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's me. Pretty sure, yes. Well, yeah. you might want to get a oh. test at some point during the child's life, just to make sure. <laughs> yeah, so she's even she's even more attractive than usual. There's yes. more attractiveness. Yeah, that's now that's interesting because uh, we do have some fathers amongst the, the, the stable of authors, stable of Fangraphs authors, um, and we've we've had some brief conversations with Matt Clausen about fatherhood. Uh, Matt appears to Matt was surprised to find out that he likes fatherhood. Uh, we've also found out from Dane Perry. Maybe not explicitly from his mouth, but uh, sort of obliquely, uh, that he's a terrible father. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It turns out he's terrible. I, I seem to remember that from one of your podcasts. Um, oh no, yeah, and he says terrible things to and about children, both <laughs> in their presence. And uh, I think I'll probably end up somewhere in between. I I don't. I I did do a little practice run on my nephew. Uh, when he was four and a half months old. You're the father, half, you're your own nephew's father? Well, well, that would be really weird. But uh, I, I did go out and, and take care of him for four days by myself. And the first day, I thought, there is absolutely no way I can do this. And I have to go home and tell my wife that we can't have children. And uh, the second day was a little bit better. The third day was a little bit better. And the fourth day, I was a super pro. I actually managed to finish an auction draft 
while bumping him on my on my leg and keeping him keeping him occupied. That sounds so. entirely irresponsible. Uh, I should mention that the, my guest is Eno Saris, contributor to, um, in fact, to all of the uh, to all of Fangraphs and its sort of satellite sites. Yeah, I, I I'm a Pam Pam Fangraphs guy. Right. Now I, I should mention, you know, this is the uh, this is the small talk portion of the show. Uh, this is where we where we get to know it's each other. It's very small. Very yeah, right. Entirely inconsequential. Uh, <laughs> right. But when you look at it in the context of uh, sort of a cosmic context, I should say, um, none of it's important. So that's something <laughs> we learn. A, a connection that listeners may not know about, uh, and to which you may not care uh, to cop. Uh, th- that we have, though, is that uh, we are alumni of the same high school. Yeah, and, and actually even probably the same, at least JV team, for a while at least. I don't know. I, for, I only got a cup of coffee with uh, with varsity. So. Right. Whereas I was uh, I lettered. <laughs> Slightly more talented. A veritable star. Yeah, right. Uh, no, but uh, to that point, uh, I, the reason I was reminded of this is because I received in uh, my inbox today of my lesser email account an alert that this is Milton Noble's weekend, and the unwashed won't necessarily know about the importance of Milton Noble's weekend, uh, but this is the time of year when uh, Milton Academy and Noble's, Noble's and Greenough, is that right? Yeah, the, uh, is that how you say it? Huh. What did you say, Greeno? Uh, Greeno? I, I just called it Noballs or... Uh, oh, right. Or, you know... Worse, worse names. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much Dodgers Giants, right? Yeah, if for a West Coast analog, yeah, you don't quite think of it as Red Sox Yankees, not that sort of. Uh... Uh, I guess so. We were pretty intense. Right. Fascinating for everyone, I'm sure. But this is the weekend in <laughs> which uh, the sporting teams for for Milton and Nobles play each other, and which our alma mater uh, uses as a as a medium for asking uh, for money. Yes, from its alumni, and uh, that's what they've done. Uh, little do they know, or they they probably do know because they know all. Uh, we have none. Uh, <laughs> right, barking up the wrong trees. Yeah, <laughs> right, right, right. Not even really a tree. It's just a, it's kind of a <laughs> shitty bush. <laughs> and great. Now I've had to edit that out. Now what are you gonna do? Well, that's good to hear, you know. And uh, I, I do. Um, uh, my thoughts are with uh, your wife. And uh, unborn child, uh, because they will need it. They will need all of the pity and uh, empathy. Well, you know, just just because we're on the topic, the worst thing is that uh, my wife has informed me that our child is not going to watch TV for the first two years of its life, and I'm absolutely devastated because I don't know how I'm going to watch baseball. What are you talking about? That means that the TV can't be on. I. <laughs> That's what I said. I said, we'll just face him away. And she said, no. Mm. Well, I, I, I just I'll, I'll have to sneak it on uh, on my computer somehow. Won't be the only thing you're sneaking on your computer. Like, <laughs> oh. No, I just mean your Twitter conversation. What are you thinking? <laughs> All right. Well, uh, let's maybe consider uh, discussing baseball. There actually is quite a bit. Uh, so this is the, the segment where we actually discuss baseball. Is that clear? The important stuff. Well, yeah. Again, it's all inconsequential. Um, but where shall we start? You know, you actually had a piece um, recently, maybe, and by recently, it, the, the days move so quickly, but it might have actually been yesterday, 
uh, regarding former, now former Minnesota Twins GM Bill Smith. He was fired, I guess, uh, and he's been replaced by uh, former, former, and now current GM Terry Ryan. Is that, are there any of those things true? Yes. Can you yes, tell us what happened and what is going to happen in the, in the significance of the entire event? Well, uh, it's funny because my piece, uh, it's it's a very small, very small. Uh, speaking of inconsequential, inconsequential piece. I, I did find out that Bill Smith uh, was the first general manager to be fired in November uh, since we re- began recording such things. Which is when? 1950. So a while ago. So a while ago, and yeah, I thought that was somewhat significant. And you know, normally you fire a guy in uh, September, October. Um, that's sort of the end of the year. You might want to have a guy in place, a new a new GM in place for the winter meetings. Um, and you got July and June are are other times of the year where people um, where teams fire their GMs because you know the team's flagging. It's the middle of the year. You can you you're basically just packing it in for the rest of the year and getting a head start on the guys that are going to get fired in October and November. Um, but uh, I mean, uh, uh, September and October. November is a weird month because the the season's been over for a month. What have they been doing? You know how? What were what, they doing? Do you know? I have no idea, but I I would guess that you know a firing in and of itself represents um, sort of uh, a difference of opinion, like a stark difference of opinion. You know, it's not like we're gonna let you resign. You know, it's sort of like we want people to know that we fired you. Is it uh, usually the case that a GM resigns? Is that typically how things go down? There's a lot of, I, I was looking through, there's a lot of resignations, and even during scandal, um, you know, uh, in uh, Washington, uh, there was the, 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 when, oh, right, 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 the situation national with, GM, and he, he had been involved in some signings in the, um, in the Caribbean that were sort of iffy. They I, allowed believe there were, I believe there were kickbacks. Is that a fact? Yeah, kickbacks involved. Right. He was allowed to resign. Um, I think Dan Evans in uh, in Los Angeles got into like a fight with a fan or something. Mm-hmm. Typically uh, frowned upon, you'd say? Yeah, that would probably be... Yeah, I don't think that's in the, uh, the resume builder right there. Um, and he... Um, and he was allowed to resign. So if, if guys like this are being allowed to resign, then a firing, I think a firing is like a signal to your fans. You're saying enough, enough is enough. We want to let you know that we take this seriously. We, we are going to write this ship. And, um, so we're going to, you know, we're moving on and we're making changes. Look at us make this change. It's not, uh, we're not going to allow this general manager to say that, Oh, it's been great, but you know I've got other things to do. We're we're letting our fans know this GM is being fired for not being up to snuff. So that's a, that's your typical September October uh, reasoning. But in November, um, it seems like uh, you know some some commenters suggested the Twins just take their time. Um, so that's possible. They they wanted to know who was going to be in place, and I guess it took some time to maybe convince Terry Ryan to come back or. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know exactly what's going on there. Please, but I, I mean, you're, you're invited to make as many wild speculations as oh, necessary. I am, I am speculating super wildly here. 
Uh, yeah, I, I really don't know um, what was going on behind the scenes, but I did find it interesting that there'd never been a November firing. So um, there, there's something something different about this situation. Um, it is kind of funny too that Terry's Terry's coming back. Um, Just call him Terry. Yeah, Terry and I are buds. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I do think that uh, something it would would be nice to be a fly on the fly on the wall in uh, in Minnesota right now. Right. Well, I don't necessarily agree with that because flies have a dramatically shorter lifespan than humans, <laughs> so that doesn't seem like it'd be fun at all. Well, all right. The twins were bad. They'll probably be better this year. Well, one thing that you also wrote about that I uh, interests me to to discuss. You wrote about it from a fantasy standpoint, but I'm sure you've also thought about it uh, from a real baseballing standpoint. And really, at this point, the the two are, uh, you know, similar. Is the um, the installation by the Kansas City Royals of Lorenzo Cain in center field with a departure of Melky Cabrera uh, to the San Francisco Giants in exchange for Jonathan Sanchez? All signs point towards Cain becoming the starting center fielder. How how long of a leash do you think he has? And what sort of um, production do you think that the Royals will get out of him? It, it, just sort of looking at the Escobar situation, where uh, it's another defensive position, um, another young guy they're bringing up that they, I think they feel pretty good about Kane's defense. Um, so I think that what we can learn from Alcides Escobar is that they will give him some time. They will give Kane some time um, if, as long as he's performing with the glove. Um, what he does with the bat is going to be very interesting. And I I think it'll almost be as flawed as what Alcides Escobar did with the, with his bat. You think it, You think that he'll, his, for example, WRC Plus will be in the vicinity of Escobar's then? Uh, are you looking at it? Because I'm not sure what No, 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 I'm not looking at it. I'm just uh, uh, questioning. You, you think of him as approximately on par. Now, he hasn't had well, great power, I believe, until no, this past year. I guess what I'm saying is it'll be flawed. I don't necessarily think that it'll be exactly similar. I, Kane's flaws are a little bit different. Kane um, has shown power, but also has shown bad strikeout rates. Um, and he has speed... Um, and he walks more, so he has sort of goods and bads in there. But you, we just don't know what it's going to look like because you know once a guy has about 25 percent of the time in the minor leagues, to me that says it's almost like the Ron Chandler thing where you know he owns that skill in a negative way. He owns the possibility to strike out a quarter of the time once he gets to the major leagues. Right, and he doesn't make up for it enough. In other parts of his game, necessarily, to be—I mean, it's scary because he has a, he has a cliff that he could be going off of. Is the idea? Right. Right. Yeah, it could go anywhere. It could be anything like 260 with 10 steals, and he's out of the job halfway through the year. Um, or he could do just enough and hit 280 and steal 35 bags and be a great sort of, in fantasy terms, a great uh, a great sleeper, and in real life terms, a, a a real decent uh, starting center fielder. What do you think about this characterization? Poor man's Austin Jackson. That's a that's a, uh, a poor man just because we haven't seen what he's done yet. In fact, I think they could be very similar. Oh, you think so? Yeah, Jackson has had uh, some success 
whether it's a skill or not in uh, batted ball, uh, batted ball. What I mean to say is BABIP, but I didn't want right. to say it because it's, it's goofy sounding. Um, I'm, uh, I'm, uh, yeah, I think that, uh, I, I'm more optimistic that Kane can keep his, uh, strikeout rate lower than Jackson. But, oh, okay. uh, but like I said, we just don't know yet. I think I'll be watching that one. I don't think, in fantasy terms, I don't think I'm going to spend a high pick on him or anything, but, uh, I, I could see him as like a deep league sleeper. Hey, speaking of fantasy terms, uh, just this, uh, late morning, I actually made a trade with Robert Sanchez. Do you know him? Yeah, I saw that. Right, Robert Sanchez, who is the sort of uh, he's a he's a cloak and dagger type uh, man behind the scenes of Fangraphs. Edits a bunch of our articles. Also writes for the Denver area print publication called Denver Five Five Twenty Five Eighty Five Five Eight Twenty Five. Yes, yeah, one of those numbers. Anyway. Uh, class act, class act. Yeah, he's uh, he's 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 always got a job. He's always got a trade offer for you. He does, right? Now, in this case, I gave away Gabby Sanchez at five dollars in our Auto New League, or uh, Fangraphs, whatever Auto New League, and uh, received in return Greg Holland and Koji Uahara for three and four dollars respectively. Uh, this is on the the heels of myself having. Uh, Traded for Joey Votto, and I also have Paul Goldschmidt. Did I do well, Eno Saris? And should I trust your opinion anyway? Well, I a no because uh, would I come in tenth or ninth? Yeah, right. Uh, so, so whatever you say might very well uh, be the opposite. <laughs> Listen, here, let me just complain real quick. I hate points leagues. Like why? I, why? I can't stand them because we're all just looking at this one number in the end. I, what I really right, love the about that determines that you win. Well, I know, but I really <laughs> do. You hate really, baseball, real baseball, because because of the wins. How, oh, how, the runs. Uh, no, but I, what I love what I love about fantasy baseball is like trading from surplus to um, fill needs, and and yes, you can still do that in a points league. But I feel like uh, I like you know I have got too many homers, and I want stolen base. I like that sort of yeah. thing. I, I, when I'm looking at, you know, this guy, now I have to like figure out what an average point thing is for each position. And, oh, it's so uh, hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just, that must be why he played so badly. Um, <laughs> anyway, I'll say I think I made a good trade. I don't know. Well, I guess you know the thing is I'm wondering, um, are do you just feel that holds are undervalued and that you can that you can uh, put together a bullpen full of holds guys that are dominant? Uh, in terms of FIP and, and our linear weight system that we're using, I just so thought that these are good relievers. I, they I, are I don't good know, the, the difference, the point difference between holes and saves, only like a point, I think, right? Per right. Per so. right. I'm not particularly worried about that. Maybe I should be. Um, but well, I mean, I just, I know that um, that at the end of the season last year, when 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 uh, Robert Sanchez was, was trying to. Um, to win, he had to upgrade his holds guys to saves guys in the bullpen to try and get more points. Um, so that could be an issue. Um, it I just depends we'll, on. I guess we'll find out. But that's—I I feel like that's also one of the easier things to do is trade for a closer. I mean, he did have to give me Michael Choice for Brian Wilson, who then crapped out. Um, but uh, I feel like 
you know, that's you can do that. You can go get a closer if you are in the top two and you just need to get that extra point per hold or save or whatever over the course of the season. Perhaps. I'll tell you, I think that as a fantasy owner, one is only able to keep so much uh, in his head, in one's own head. So for me, I abandoned the idea of roles. And that's actually why I like the auto new leagues, because roles uh, among relief pitchers don't uh, entirely matter. You can still get quite a bit of quite a few points out of dominant relief pitchers, even if they're not necessarily the closers for their respective yeah. teams. Um, and that's just something I can't fit in my head. I can't fit I can't fit role in my head. I I hate. I mean, the, the thing I absolutely hate about traditional fantasy baseball is is having to chase closers and saves. To me, that's uh, just the the absolute worst part of it. I don't want to know. I don't want to have to think about Mark Melanson, is it? And yeah. Like maybe if he gets injured, who will be the closer after him? Yeah, and I think that Niv uh, Shaw, the creator of Autonomy, would be very happy to hear that because um, he feels the same way. Yeah. I think uh, maybe I'm just um, a weirdo sort of stuck in it. No, no, I'm stuck in it because uh, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm telling you. Yeah. Huh? I'm telling you that you're you're a weirdo. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, that that's true. Uh, but I'm also a weirdo that has to sort of stay on top of those roles. For, oh, in terms of your job? In terms of what I write, yeah. So I have to, since I'm there, I might as well treat it as a as a one of my skills that I can take advantage of. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, so Eno- but, but either one of those guys could end up being closer, uh, and and they're both good relievers. And uh, Gabby is probably uh, better in traditional fantasy than he is in a, a linear weights auto new league. So Sestuli beats Sanchez. My initial reaction was the opposite, but uh, you have convinced me that it was at least fair. Yeah. Great. Um, <laughs> finally, I just want to... You also write for Amazing Avenue, is that true? Yes. SB Nation blog for the New York Mets with some fun guys over there. Uh, now, I just want to get uh, your... Uh, if Maybe 50 words or less how you feel about the Mets in your heart at the moment. Oh, it's it's very difficult. Um, it's a it's a very difficult time. You made, you're I, wasting I, words already. Oh, you, crap. I was just fact, trying to... you said you Oh, no, the same right now. Thing. I'm still wasting words. Um, I, Do you want to start over? <laughs> yes, please. Okay. Um, no, uh, what I think is that right now my head and my heart are dem- diametrically opposed. And in, and that's a very difficult place to be as a fan because my head says this team needs to get youth, it needs to get roster and salary flexibility, it needs to um, not sign Reyes, it needs to trade right, um, and it needs to put as much into the farm system as possible and get together a, a group of guys that will come up around Wheeler and Harvey and Duda and Davis and and needs to sort of look three years down the line and not sign um, Reyes for right now. But my heart is like, man, you know, Wright and Reyes are awesome, and I really like those guys. And 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 that's part and parcel of what the owners have to look at too, because they they are walking a thin line right now, and they're about to they might lose the team, and so they can't really afford to lose another five hundred thousand fans, which they might do if they don't sign Reyes. Um, and so there's a bunch of tight lo- tight ropes being walked right now. A, way over 50 words. <laughs> B, you know that uh, your emotions are also in your head too, right? Your heart is really oh, yeah. just responsible for circulating blood around your body. 
<laughs> okay, as long as we're square on that. You know, I yeah. thought you went to an important high school, but I guess I'm mistaken. <laughs> no. Okay, so I guess I would say emotionally versus logically. All right. Hey, listen, Eno Saris, uh, it's been great to have you on, uh, and hope to hope to do it again uh, sometime before uh, we shuffle off this mortal coil. Agreed. Agreed. Anytime. All right. All right. That has been Eno Saris. Uh, you know, I'm Carson Stooley, and this has been, uh, well, you know, a decent edition of Fangraphs Audio. <laughs>